Welcome to Leadership Reflections, a collection of leadership podcasts by me, Barry Dole. Today's podcast is called Don't Let the Luddites Screw This Up. And I'm going to have a look at um, the new world of work and how we cannot afford to not grasp this opportunity as we go forward. We cannot afford to not grasp it. Do you like the programme Room 101? You know what I mean. It's the room where, it's the programme where uh, a panel choose items or things or whatever to put into this um, room 101. Things they dislike, things they uh, want, detest, they want to get rid of. And I was thinking, what would I put into room 101? I guess the first thing I'd choose would be wasps. I'm really sorry, because I, I know this will offend some people, and wasps do good in this world in some way, but um, they might find them particularly aggravating. As I do, number two choice, caravans. Again, this will prove controversial, but... Uh, those of you, like me, who have followed a caravan at 40 miles an hour for many, many, many a mile around uh, the roads of Britain will know exactly what I mean. My third choice, uh, perhaps it would be my first choice, um, will be uh, Mr. Rees Mogg. The man obsessed with returning Britain to the 1950s. Actually, you know, sometimes I almost feel sorry for him. To be given a job in government of finding any possible benefit from leaving the EU seems to me a pretty thankless task. But it's his intervention in the last week into this transition to the new world of work that makes my blood really boil. The issue is, he has written to government ministers, all government ministers, saying, get your people back into offices. Stop them working at home. We don't need to work at home anymore. Get them all back into offices. He's uh, produced league tables that show that uh, only 44% of um, office space was occupied if people were in offices uh, in a recent week. Uh, the Department of Education, he showed in his league table, only 24%. They were bottom of the pile. Hmm. Um, and his logic for getting civil servants back into the office seems slightly flawed because he said it's about filling government buildings which to me is just frankly ridiculous a spokesman from number 10 agreed with Rees Mark that it was time to get back into the office goodness sake um, and they said it's again tenuous attempts to um, find reasons they said it's about um, junior staff not being able to develop their careers because they're not being seen by more senior people which um it's just such a tenuous argument, it's just such a nonsense in, in my view. The truth is, of course, this is because there is these Luddites have a complete lack of trust when they get this idea. They detest the idea of people working at home. 
they can't micromanage them. They can't control them if they're working at home. And they must, of course, be skiving, because that's what everybody does when they get the opportunity to work from home. That, 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 that's their logic. In the article in question in the news last, this last week, there was even a quote from Sir Graham Brady, chairman of the 1922 committee, which I think says it all. He says, um, it is simply unacceptable for so many of our public servants to continue sitting at home. To continue sitting at home. No, no, the very pointed word use of the word sitting there. Unbelievable. They offer absolutely no link, of course, between working in the office and increasing productivity or working from home and drop productivity because we know it isn't there. Uh, and they make no uh, mention whatsoever of the effectiveness of working at home, the balance, the benefits to the environment, uh, etc. So, Reese Mogg, of course, is not alone. It's not just about civil servants. You've got... Um, Several um, leaders of large private sector organisations, again, demanding that people go back into the office, everybody's going to be back. And we know, again, the heart of this is a lack of trust. Um, and you've got smaller organisations, we won't know about these, but around the country will be many, many, many people who still lead like Bill from Lead Like Mary, top-down, autocratic, command and control, not trusting, micromanaging leaders, will be getting their people back into the office because they just cannot stand the thought of them working at home. But here's the point. I talked, I talked when I published Lead Like Mary, I talked about an evolution to a new way of working, a move away from command and control leadership, steadily and slowly, away from autocratic leadership, into a much more trusting, inspiring, authentic type of leadership, authentic and effective. And I suggested this was an evolution to this new way of working, which would take time. This was published before the pandemic. I reckon it would take a generation to move across. I reckon the pandemic has kick-started this process forward in two years, and we move forward a generation. So many people discovered from working at home creates much better balance, no commute, better for the environment, much more of the ability to focus on what they're doing. And um, enlightened leaders, authentic leaders leaders who lead by inspiring and trusting have also recognised this and have seen the distinct and many benefits that this brings. But now the pandemic's over, we've got so much choice. We mustn't just drift back to the office, we must exercise that choice. People have found they're much more productive. They have the ability to focus on tasks without constant interruptions, which is so often a feature of working uh, in offices. Trust does lie at the heart of this issue. There's a quote, trust people, trust your people, and they'll do good things for you. Trust them greatly, and they'll do great things for you. I think providing we can give people a framework to work to, give them as much freedom as possible, and most importantly, treat them as grown-ups. Now, as we emerge from the pandemic, I absolutely understand there are also important benefits in terms of being in the office. That's why every organisation across all three sectors, wherever an opportunity exists, should be working through an individual, a team, needs of an individual, needs of a team, and needs of an organisation to produce a flexible hybrid approach for every role in terms of how people are allowed to and expected to work. And that flexible hybrid approach has a brilliant opportunity to combine time in the office, time at home, and time elsewhere, which I'll come to, 
to create the most effective model for working into the future. It takes courage for leaders to do this. It takes trust. I absolutely guarantee to you that if we make this move, the results will be significantly beneficial over a long period of time. Office time is important. We need people to come into offices on a days of the week, or a couple of days of the week. But when they're there to focus on, this is the point, it's not about working from home or um, going into the office per se, it's about what you do with that time to drive maximum effectiveness. Office time needs to be about networking. It's not about sitting in front of a computer screen. It's about networking, building relationships, interacting with colleagues, team development, one-to-one, team meetings, creative sessions. It's making the most of that time in the office to do things where you engage with other people, interact with other people, build relationships, take things forward in terms of creativity, etc. What an opportunity. And working from home, just as important, that's when you focus on the head-down important stuff. That's where you can get on produce that work, focus, get in front of that screen, whatever, but also spend time on those days to think, to plan, to review, to continually improve, to personally develop all the time, using the opportunity for balance. It's actually a third option now. In local communities, time and time again now, new workspaces are being created, which allow people maybe from different organisations to just find space where they can interact with other people, also get their head down and they're not traveling they're not commuting and it's bringing real benefits to the economy in local areas as well which is really important if we do that we will end up with a brilliant hybrid approach to working which will take us forward generations into the future and will drive major benefits driven by enlightened trusting caring managers but and leaders but also Leaders who are willing to hold abusers to account. There will be some abuse. It's not going to be anything like Sir Graham Braid is talking about. But there will be abuse of this system if we bring this in the way that I think we should. Abuse is inevitable. So when it's abused, what leaders need to do then is deal with it swiftly, firmly, sort it out, deal with it and move on. Come down firmly. Nothing soft about this approach. Come down firmly when it's necessary. And if we do that, the message will get out. But here's the thing. You cannot hold back the 95% because 5% might abuse the system. You just can't do it. You're restricting the 95% because of the 5%. So deal with the 5%. Don't restrict the 95%. So here's the thing. Don't let Rhys Morganis cronies screw up this incredible opportunity that we find ourselves, that we now have. It's something really good that's come out of this pandemic. Don't let the Luddites win. This is a battle now. We need to win this. We need to make sure we push forward, introduce a hybrid, flexible way of working. And I guarantee you, those leaders who do this will see massive benefits from doing so. That was Leadership Reflections, a collection of leadership podcasts by me, Barry Dorr. And I'll be back next time. Until then, bye-bye.
Still so many answers 